Welcome back. My name is Nick Finzer here with Alan Blanchard. This music is too loud today. And uh, we're back to talk another playlist. This is for uh, May of 2020. Uh, today is June the 9th, 2020. And uh, thanks for putting together another playlist, Alan. Yeah, it's it's cool, man. I mean, we're a little, little further behind, I think, than normal. But it, it was a good trying to remember you know everything that actually happened in the month of may it was kind of a blur you know yeah the whole the whole year has become uh, kind of this ongoing blur lots of lots so many things happening yeah crazy. yeah yeah so crazy but uh, if you don't know about it we have the this is jazz today playlist and that's over on spotify and uh every month we put around 10 new tracks of new music that's come out in the last month just to try to share kind of a wide variety of all different things that have been happening within the world of jazz. Sometimes it's hard to find new the new releases uh, if you're not already listening to a person, especially on a place like Spotify because of the way the algorithms work. So um, this is a place to come so you can kind of hear a little bit about some of these new releases. So I'm glad you all could join us today. And um, we're just going to get right to it. We're going to jump in and uh, some... Uh, great artists on the list if you need to find it again go to spotify type in this is jazz today and then it says curated by outside of music and you've reached that your destination so you can go back and see everything back to september of 2019 right now but we do uh, keep it updated every month so alan uh tell us about the first track that we've got here today from jazz at lincoln center yeah so this is a work or, or series of uh songs or whatnot composed by the trombonist chris crenshaw on the album called the 50s a prism by jazz at lincoln center they recorded it back in like 2017 um but they're just now releasing it um and basically you know chris was kind of talks about he was like given the task of trying to compose something that embodied the 50s um which i think is like an interesting year Uh, or interesting time because it's kind of like towards the end of not the end but like the later years of ellington and whatnot but also like the beginning of uh such like the classic era of miles that everyone thinks of and whatnot or even like ornette coleman coming out um and then he's you know trying to embody that entire 10-year period which ends with uh ornette coleman's release and then uh the kind of blue yeah. So I don't know. I thought it was really cool. Chris obviously has like a really southern, like bluesy, gospel foundation to him, mm-hmm. and I think that came a lot in his uh, like writing and playing on the album and everything. So this was just a track that I thought was good, and here that's why it's here. You know. Yeah, for sure. You can't you can't ignore what's coming out of uh, the house of swing, as they say, right? The yeah. house of swing. Yeah, Chris is great. Chris is a uh, man. He is just like really like an inspiring. Have you ever met him? I have, and that kind of put into perspective also how like just tall he is. Yeah, man, he's so tall, so tall. But like he's like a, one of those musical savant types, you know? Like yeah, he he might not be like the most talkative person, but like yeah, super. Like he can like listen. He's one of those people that can listen and write down, transcribe like in real time, like a big band chart. Which is nuts because 
you know, yeah, like he might not be the most talkative or whatever, but he was still, when I met him at least, was like very approachable, you know, oh, yeah. take take questions and, and everything. Very like down-to-earth guy, but totally could see that, you know, like that just eerie musical talent. Yeah, yeah, he's just like, yeah, it's crazy. I didn't realize until I was sitting on the bus with him, and he, on tour bus, and he's just like transcribing you know, he's like, yeah, you know, just transcribing this chart. I'm like, okay, uh, so much for me. <laughs> As if it's like a normal thing that we should all just be able to do. Yeah, crazy. But no, he's a super talented guy. Uh, I'm excited to to dig into that more. I haven't um, listened to that record yet. I had saw it had come out. Yeah. And it is an interesting time within jazz history. You're, you're totally right. You know, bebop coming at the end of the ni- 1940s, and then all of the 50s has got all the hard bop and all the way up until 1959. It's kind of crazy how fast jazz changed during that decade, for sure. Right. Well, and then everyone, I think, attributes the ending of that year with kind of blue. But often, you know, unless you're like in an actual history course or talking to someone that like really knows, people don't mention necessarily like the shape of jazz to come, which also was 59 from Ornette Coleman. Yeah. And like that's so there was a Mingus record, was it Fables of Fabus was the same? I think Fables of Fabus as well. It was like it was a very good year for jazz. And Giant Steps. All of those records yeah. came out. The year of jazz. That's why you know Time Out came out that year. Monin came out that yeah. year. Um Oh, it was Mingus Amum. Mingus Amum, yeah. Yeah, um came out that like it was just a good it was a good year. Nineteen fifty nine, man. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I can't think of that many like early 50s albums. I guess they would mostly be kind of like the bebop, just like an extension of like Bird and the beginnings of kind of like Horace Silver and stuff like that. But it's kind of blurry. Like 1959 is such like a beacon within jazz history that it's like it kind of blurs out and then you kind of go into the 60s or you're like back into the 30s, 40s. But there's so it's the heyday. The 50s for sure was like the heyday of all the different. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking through now, like, you know, J.J. Uh, Johnson's Four Trombones was early 50s. Yeah. Um, like, there's lots stuff. of records, but. Yeah, but nothing. I mean, Ahmad Jamal Poinciana was like 55, but I think you're right. Like the end of that decade is the decade where like blew yeah. up. I'm just like 19. Like, I can't think of a record like 1951, you know, like um, I'm sure there's something. And because I'm not good with dates and number that i can, yeah if kenny washington ever li- wash listens to this he'll be ashamed that i have no 1951 uh record to go to but what are you gonna do that's just not the things that my brain memorizes very well anyway so that's cool uh the 50s a prism is what uh, the record is called with chris crenshaw great trombonist and i have to give love it's trombonist just like you're always <laughs> giving love to the trumpet players. But now uh, a new track from a great young drummer, uh, Jonathan Barber. Yeah, I mean, this is another one of those that I've probably heard Jonathan Barber throughout time, but I don't, like, I've never really checked him out. Um, and I discovered it because it was a new release for Maine and all, and it has people like Godwin Lewis on it, uh, who I kind of found out from like his work with Etienne, um, and, Etienne and Charles for people that don't yeah. know who just Etienne is, <laughs> and uh, Tabor Gable on pianist and uh, piano and Andrew Renfro on guitar. But uh, 
I don't know. It was one of those that definitely, I feel, blends the line between, like, R&B influence and jazz and, like, that modern jazz vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, so certainly, like, you know, more straight eight influence. Um, but I don't know. You know, it wasn't... It's also the same thing, like, I could hear and like, some of Son Jones' albums, but taken to, like, another step or whatnot. And I think it's really interesting to always listen to, like, drummers' albums. Because there's usually so many like rhythmically based ideas that are uh, a part of the compositions and whatnot that I just don't necessarily like that's not the first thing my brain goes to when I when I'm doing things you know I, I tend sure. to think melodically first and it's just I think that's like worked into the nature of like what you and I do versus uh, a drummer or something you know mm-hmm. um, so it's cool to see how they approach that and like the different grooves and, and everything while still you know making it seem a lot easier than it probably is yeah making it seem easy that's the name of the game huh yeah it's a nice album cover too i like that it's like a not a collage but it definitely had like that like christian scott artwork vibe a little bit you know you think so yeah like almost where it's approached from like Maybe that's not just a Christian Scott thing, but where like the artwork cover is less of like here's just a cover, and it's more like like an, uh, a goal of like an actual piece of like art. Art oh, as okay. the cover, sure. you know? Yeah, no, 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 yeah, sure. Like, but it incorporates the artist into that art. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Yeah, I guess I nece- I didn't necessarily associate that only with Christian Scott, but yeah, I, I I shouldn't associate that only with Christian Scott, but that's I think just like someone you know, very someone that impressive. also does that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's cool though. I like it. Yeah, Jonathan Barber. He's always got that the the Connecticut connection. He's always playing in New York with the people. You know, Steve Davis, that whole crew, the Hartford crew. Right. The right. Hartford crew. Excellent. Uh, okay. Now to someone completely different. Not really. Just another great artist uh mr kurt rosenwinkel yeah i mean you know kurt rosenwinkel is not someone that, that i find myself you know casually playing daily but whenever a new album comes out i like almost feel um required to check it out because it's never bad and it's never you know i'm never disappointed um and it makes sense you know when he's playing with a band like greg hutch on drums and then dario dieta I think that's how you pronounce his last name on bass. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was cool. I mean, a lot of this uh, is originals and whatnot. You know, they do a version of Punjab on there. Um, but I don't know. This is something that, like, I feel I've started to listen to more, and that just being like jazz guitar. It's not something I listen to often, ever. Um, I think that's just because of like the accessibility to it you know there's certainly a lot more jazz pianists that i think we are like told to check out and everything throughout the years than there is jazz guitar sure um, but getting there through listening to like kurt rosenwinkel and um peter bernstein and and, and a pun- bunch of other uh guitarists and seeing how they're approaching their projects and trying to you know better inform myself of how like guitar fits in things um mm-hmm. Because it can't, it shouldn't just be treated just like piano. Like it's, it, you can't like swap them out and interchange. I mean, you can, 
like they both can do the job, but like, like they're different instruments, you know? Painting yourself into a corner here. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, they're different instruments, but they have a har- they both have a harmonic function. But just yeah. like you wouldn't substitute, you know, every instrument has its role. That's what I think. Right. But uh, yeah, Kurt Rosenwinkel, classic. And this is the one that you picked here, Pasarim, Pasarum. Bonus is a bonus track. Yeah, I don't know. I was just like listening to a couple of them, and yeah. I was like, "Wow, these are really cool." And but then this one seemed like a little bit more different than the rest. And I was like, "All right, that's you know, kind of piqued my interest a little bit there." And, mm-hmm. and I just threw it on. Nice Ang- angles around. I've really started to realize that I keep misspelling angels as angles and angles as angels. And so now I'm doubting myself if this is angles or angels, and it's angels around. And I read it as angles around the first three or four times. Somebody should really help me with my reading. <laughs> um, and now you can't not include something that includes this group on the playlist from the next from the next uh, track here. I yeah, guess this is another um, single. Yep, it's another single, and I mean, you're completely right. Like, there was an interview I was watching about this where Brad Meldow referred to playing with them as, like, playing with the Avengers. <laughs> like, it's the band of Josh Redman, Brad Meldow, Christian McBride, and Brian Blade, um, which we discussed last time that I put their single on here, that evidently that was a regular band I had just completely forgotten to... Early 90s. ...be aware of, yeah. And so this album, which is going to come out... Um, early july is now here uh or not now here it's another single for it round again i mean i don't know well that yeah that's the father the album is round again oh got it got it um but yeah like how can i not like these are all of the musicians that i love checking out all of their new music separately Mm mm-hmm and then someone just said they're all on the same record together. Like, it's, you just can't oversee it, you know? And, like, you know, last time I, I went back and I started checking out, uh, like, I think the last record they did was that Mood Swing one mm-hmm. from the early 90s. Um, so it is kind of cool to see it, like, then and now, because it's been, I don't know, 15 years maybe since they've recorded it. Uh, or at maybe least more, record. 20 at least. Yeah. Long time. Um, I don't know what your mood swing was. That was a big record for a lot of people uh, in my generation. Like, I didn't listen to, like, at least Joshua Redman, because, like, that's attributed with being the Josh Redman quartet, you know? Like, I listened to his record, Joshua Redman, from 93, and then evidently I skipped everything else until Live at the Village Vanguard. (laughs) And that was just, like, the progression. Um, Can't hear everything. Yeah, but it's, it's cool because they, you know, they were, they they were at, they were, not like stars yet then necessarily, but they were like getting into their careers very well established. But now you look at them and it's like, right, they're the biggest names, right? Uh, and they're coming back and 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 made another record. Exactly. Did we talk about this before? But Joshua Redman's taking over the SF Conservatory. Yeah, program? he's coming in as like the um, artistic director art, or something. Artistic director, yeah. So that's pretty cool for those students out there. Uh, so we can't exclude totally vocalists on this playlist. And we have a fu- really nice vocalist here in the next track. Um, why don't you tell us about this one? Yeah, I, I would, 
man, I don't know. It's all blues. Like it's the everyone takes their own version of all blues. But like Diane's ability to also play like piano and organ mm-hmm. is just like you know incredible. Um, and it was one of those records I put on and I started listening to, and I was like, you know, who's, who's the rest of this? You know, with like Ernie Watts playing and and Kai Paul. Uh, and I, I don't know it's just one of those standards that when someone does a version of it I want to make sure I, I check out you know because I think it's so familiar to me that it's very easy for me to then be able to take in everything else that's changed and like their appropriate like a, uh, uh, their way that they approach it and, and everything else you know mm-hmm. for sure for sure that's from a new album. That's Diane Sure. I think you said Diane, but we didn't say her full name. Diane Sure. And uh, the new album is called Running on Faith. It looks like it's the whole album is out now. Yeah. Um, a mix of tunes on here. Some, some classics, like all blues. Some other ones I don't necessarily know if they're covers or originals, but. Yeah, Swing Low Sweet Chariots here, which yeah. I, like, got to listen to because I only know Dizzy's version, really. Ah. Well, and Roy's. Can't, can't forget Roy's, but oh, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, let's keep moving here. We're going to switch on to a great Canadian saxophonist, uh, Corey Weeds. I was expecting a yeah, ballad we... here. <laughs> <laughs> That's partially why I picked that, because I, so I picked the tune Nancy with a Laughing Face, and it did not, you know, when I started playing it, it was not Nancy with a Laughing Face like I expected to hear. Uh-huh. Um, but you know, it's a great band, and he, like, his approach to these standards, or the standards on you know, day by day, tangerine, like, all of these, it's very interesting. And it just kind of goes back to, again, like, the idea of listening to someone's project, and here's this tune, and like, you've, you've kind of listened to it over the years, you think you know how it goes you basically feel like you know how it goes and then they present something else that's not how you thought it was going to go um and that kind of like in, intrigues the the music nerdiness in you if you will you know mm-hmm. um so i don't know plus four weeds is not somebody that i think i've listened to often i think i actually found this through like david hazeltine who's playing on it sure um, and that kind of like reaffirmed. I was like, oh yeah, like Corey Weeds, you know, it's a name I, I recognize, but not someone um, that I'm keeping tabs on, like a Josh Redman release, you know? Sure. Well, he's in Vancouver, so it's, you know, a little, he's got his own thing kind of happening, but he's kind of ingratiated himself with the like smoke crowd for a little while in New York. But he's got a record label called the Seller Live, you know, they have right. that they're doing up there. And, but there's actually a pretty huge scene of like Seattle, Vancouver based jazz musicians that are like really, really great. It's like a very, it's a hotbed for jazz. I wouldn't have expected it, but here we are. Well, there's those know? two, for the, I mean, on the American side of it, there's the two high schools, Garfield High School and um, Roosevelt High School in Seattle that like right. Rock, Roxy's from there and. Uh, Riley Mulherker, the trumpet player. Isn't Tatum from out there too? Tatum is from there. Okay. There's a lot from that, like, on the American side. But then a lot of those people go up to Vancouver to play with Corey and play with um, 
whoever else. I met some other rhythm section players the last time I was out there that also do are kind of involved with all of that. So I don't know. There's a whole scene out there. So if New York never comes back, maybe it's going to move. Maybe everything's going to move over to uh, Seattle. Does he do the booking for, uh, is it Frankie's? Is that the club that he's kind of like associated with up there? Or I I don't know. I'm sure he's involved with most of the clubs. I think he's like the, the cat, you know? Yeah, yeah, like like V guy or whatever in, the, in that, that. I'm region. sure there's other ones. I'm just I'm speaking uh, from your with no no knowledge. I'm just right, kind right, of right, right. You know, that's okay. That's normally where my speaking comes from. So like you're you're just in the clear. guessing, just guessing. Yeah. for those listening, um, excellent. So Corey Weeds, great addition here, and now we've got a couple of pianists in a row here, and uh, great. We had a single last month from Aaron Parks, but now the record's out, and so I'm excited to share this one. Yeah, this is another, I don't know, as I've gotten older, I say in my mid-20s, uh, I think often I'm like less intrigued with finding a new album because of like someone's particular solo or their particular playing, and I'm like much more intrigued by like the compositions as a whole on it. And Aaron Parks is someone who, like, always finds a way to blow your mind in the way that he approaches things. Like, they're very through-composed. It's not just, you know, melody, B, solo, C-section or whatever. It's like, I don't know if I could follow it, like, and try and transcribe it like Chris Crenshaw can. You know, like, I just don't think I could could approach that. But they're never like as complicated or as thorough of a composition as it is it never comes across difficult for them right you know and it's just like second so it's it it always amazes me like their his ability to just like feel things in very i say weird but like weird to me time signatures or like different grooves and whatnot and you know um as someone that hasn't done that much stuff, you know, it's, it's, it's so interesting to see how, like how he can take like jazz and like his history and knowledge of that. And then like his experience with like Terrence Blanchard and like all these other bands. And it just like bleeds through to this, like other genre filling thing that we call modern jazz, you know, mm-hmm. which is really just like, anything at this point you know it's just like something that's heavily improvisation based um sure but i don't know it also this record also reminded me a lot of like pat Metheny almost like that kind of and that might just be the association of like through composed and guitar you know who knows could be um i don't necessarily get a pat Metheny vibe from this record but oh well you know this is, this is good <laughs> i'm glad we have different opinions it's interesting. I don't know. It's it's a very good album, though. It is. This is one of those... I can't say I've listened to, like... The, the, like, there's just a couple of Aaron Parks' albums that I can go from, like, start to finish. Like, Invisible Cinema or Little Big, the, the last one, mm-hmm. and now this one, you know? So it's, like, it's a very good album and, and very much a fan of it. Nice. Friendo was the name of that track, and it's Little Big 2, uh, Dreams of a Mechanical Man. And uh, Aaron Parks. Yeah, I really like that first Little Big record as well. I really mm. did. 
And I'm a big fan of this next person, and I'm excited to check this. I have not checked out this record yet, so this is well. It's just a single. Ooh, it's a single. Okay. Well, you tell tell us about it. So before I read, um, yeah, this is someone else, like another pianist that I'm very much a fan of, uh, Gerald Clayton. Like his album, um, Bond the Paris Sessions, Mm -hmm. awesome. You know his album, uh, Tributary Tales. Awesome. Like anything Gerald Clayton puts out, I'm very happy with. <laughs> and he's like, he's killing. And it's it, it's it's another one of those pianists that is so easily able to like blur the lines from like playing in a strict form to doing something else, but then coming back to it. Um, and so this is a new release. Uh, I think his debut with Blue Note coming out, which is like a live at the Village Vanguard record. Um, that's featuring uh, Logan Richardson on alto, Walter Smith III on tenor, Joe Sanders on bass, and then Marcus Gilmore on drums. Um, what a band. Couldn't yeah. get anybody good, I guess. Yeah. So needless to say, um, I think it's going to be all right. They can probably play a couple tunes. They might do some standards if they want to. You Maybe. Know. You I feel like that'll be very much within their reach. Um. But yeah, he just has such a unique sound on piano. And I think that's something that's a little bit easier for people to to hear nowadays than when like someone starts listening to like older records where like pianos, like the actual sound of the piano is very similar. And then you're having to listen to like how they, their touch is and how their language is on the piano. But, but like when Gerald Clayton or like an Aaron Parks comes on, like the way that they're recording the actual like colors of the piano, I think is very unique to them, mm. which is interesting from my because, you know, as like a brass player and whatnot, everyone's tone very different. And with like piano, it's it's much more uh, like the small things you have to know how to listen for to hear the differences in tone, you know? Sure. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean Gerald Clayton, huge fan. Also fan of like the uh, the Instagram stuff he's been doing, where he'll like just start recording, and he's like, "Oh, here I am playing today. Like, let's go." And you're just like, "This just comes to you. Great. Like, I am so screwed if that just comes to you while you're playing." <laughs> I haven't seen what he's been up to. I'll have to check out what he's been up to on Instagram. I haven't checked, but I'm excited to hear this when it comes out. Probably a couple of months from now, I'm guessing guessing yeah fall maybe a lot of maybe this is one of those that also comes out july 10th oh, july along 10th. with the uh joshua remen record head to head man who's yeah head to head uh great number two for this month for may at least we're looking backwards just a little bit but uh christian mcbride and the big band yeah i mean i don't know um anything about this record or this single and when it's coming out um i'm very excited for it yeah but it, i mean it's uh this is supposedly like his tribute to don was mm-hmm. um but the album is you know going to be called christian mcbride big band for jimmy west and oliver uh coming out on his um the label he's on mac avenue and everything mm-hmm. um i know this is joey de francesco playing yes. on it right now but there's also like quincy phillips on drums mark whitfield christian obviously um the big band is stacked 
yeah, beyond pretty, belief. It's a great band. Yeah, I mean, with like Michael Dees and Freddie Hendricks, Brandon Lee, like Steve Wilson, Ron Blake, like the names just keep going on and on. Um, so I don't know. It's another one of those where I'm just like, I've, I rightfully felt obliged to check it out. Like the last record they did, uh, bring in, bringing it was, was killing. A lot of his arrangements are great. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't have much more to say. Like, it's just a great band (laughs) and it's, it's cool to see what big bands are doing nowadays too, because I think, I think it's fair to say like big new big bands are in the minority of like the music we're seeing coming out because of like funding for honestly, probably lack of a better way to put it. Um, so when there is one coming, you know, whether it's Maria Schneider or Christian McBride or whomever, uh, you just got to do your homework and check it out. You know, Mm -hmm. Maria has a new record coming. I don't know what the schedule of that is. Maybe they maybe pushed it back. I'm not sure. I, disappointingly uh actually do not own a maria schneider record well it's also not going to be on our playlist because it's not going to be on spotify so yeah it she's like one of the like her her writing is so good her albums are good when i listen to them Mm -hmm. but it just always slips my mind and then like a moment like this will come up and i'll be like damn i need to go order like an album um and then for some reason i don't well, she she put up. I know this because I was talking to someone about artist share and what they were doing. They're putting up little like um, little samplers, I guess. Like, so there's five tracks. There's a five track EP that she's put up up on streaming services, so people can hear some of the um, like one tune from each of these uh, records. Let me turn off Joey D. Francesco shredding for a second. There, <laughs> um, yeah, you can do a couple of things, yeah. you know. Man crazy and he plays a trumpet so watch out yep i'm well aware it's (laughs) too good (laughs) anyway so going back to to christian mcbride uh don is new single from upcoming record for jimmy west and oliver i'm sure that's coming later this summer maybe in the fall feels like uh release dates are a little bit liquid at this point uh with everything going on and no touring so and that brings us to our top release, our number one release for this month. I was an interesting band, and I lo- I love the cover art. Uh, it's really funny. And this yeah, is- and I didn't get it at first because I was looking at it and I was like, "This is weird." Like, why all of a sudden are there just the three of them with the, you know, blown up heads? Uh, but once I found out, you know, like and remembered again the previous album. Yeah. Um, because this is Walter Smith III and Matthew Stevens out with In Common 2, um, their second Colette album, you know, and it's, uh, but this time around it has Micah Thomas and Linda O oh and Nate Smith replacing Joel Ross, uh, Harish uh, Raghavan, and Marcus Gilmore. And evidently they just thought they would take the heads. <laughs> And put it over the bodies of the people they replaced, which is it's funny. an awesome <laughs> album cover. And it's a lot, lot less work. Lack. A lot less I work. I mean, true. <laughs> That's funny. Um, but I don't know. This is one of those that I haven't um, listened to fully. I've listened to some of the tracks on it. But, you know, when, like, the few tracks I did listen to, I was, like, hooked. 
and it was enough to bring me back and go back to because you know again there's always those albums where you know it's a 10 track album you're like wow three of these tracks are killing it and that's what i'll go there to listen to sure and then there's other ones like the aaron parks we're talking about or like this one for me and and whatnot where we're like okay i i can just start it and stop it you know um plus walter's playing is always like i just don't understand how he hears the things he does um and there's always a variety i feel between his albums you know whether it's this one or uh whether it's Twio, you know, with Eric Harland and yeah, I everything. Like that one. Um, you know, it's just a phenomenal tenor sax player and, and the rest of the band is ridiculous. So again, I'm sure they're gonna be able to play some songs. I'm sure it's gonna be that <laughs> of great quality. Like Yeah. It's a it's a foregone conclusion, I suppose. Yeah. Is the way to put it. So that's a new record in common too from Walter Smith the third at all uh who else was on it let me go to the click on it again micah thomas linda mahon O, nate smith and matthew stevens i guess it's a co-led group sorry it's not yeah. walter smith's band only um but yeah so there's a lot of great stuff obviously there's a lot of singles so a lot of great stuff coming later this summer and um that's it we've reached the uh the end, the end of, of our, May. The end of May. And we're looking forward to what comes next in June. Um, Alan, thanks for putting this together. Appreciate it. And uh, we will see everyone next month. If you want to find more about the playlist, go to outsideinmusic.com. You can find things about the playlist and search on Spotify. This is Jazz Today, and it says curated by Outside in Music. So thanks for being here, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>